1: Shackhouse House is brought to you by our friends at Callaway Golf, makers of the great Big Bertha Epic Driver. Of course, Phil Mickelson, Daniel Berger, and Brandon Grace have already put the Epic in their bag, as did last week's first and second leading players in Farmers Insurance Open Driving Distance. They were Patrick Rogers using the 10.5 degree, crediting it with his confidence in driving around Tory. He went on and on about it in the press center with us, as did former Georgia Tech star Ollie Snyder jance who was second in driving distance. You know, the Epic sports two titanium rods inside the clubhead that change the way the driver's soul the driver crown sole and face behave at impact. So what's the result of jailbreak technology for you, the average golfer? Why it's more ball speed and distance all over the face? Even better, at least to me, after hitting it, the jailbreak seems to bring the feel of the face together like no other club I've hit. But hey, don't take my word for it. Just visit CallawayGolf.com to find a place to demo the new Epic Driver today. Let's go to the Shack House. house greetings from sunny california how you doing today shack it is not sunny
0: here on the east coast and especially not here in washington dc we had snow overnight i've seen flurries all day long you're over there talking about the epic driver i'm sitting here thinking when am i gonna be able to touch that epic (laughs) piece of machinery i don't know when uh it feels like spring is a long way off here on the east coast
1: so is it true when these West Coast events are played and and a weather like we had at Torrey Pines this weekend, that people on the East Coast sit there and drool over what they're seeing on the on the screen, or is that overrated?
0: I can't speak for other people, but that's what I did. I, I, it's, it's part of the whole allure of you know the the season kickoff in Hawaii. And then the California swing and this little bit in Arizona, I'm seeing all these places with the with the sun and the desert and the ocean and waves and surfers. And it it just, you know, it makes me for a moment uh, allows me to escape the dreary run that I'm in here on the East Coast. So I don't know if I'm unique in that respect, but that is definitely what I'm sitting there doing.
1: Well, and the ratings I've seen would indicate that a lot of people agree with you, which is why I think the West Coast swing is so important. Plus, uh, a lot of people don't like to hear this, but it really did get going with the play at Torrey Pines. I think it's a combination of the course, uh, really good field. Obviously, having Tiger and Phil bring something, Jason Day, etc. cetera. Uh, but it's a big-time venue. It's one we all kind of know now. I mean, how many years have we been watching that last whole Uh, decide tournaments it's amazing really to think about but it was it was uh, I thought well actually the more I kind of sit back and consider that wacky last day uh, I think we're going to look back at this event at the end of the year and and think it was one of the more significant just because of uh, and I you know how I don't want to get on the bandwagon about the the kids today are just better and uh, the kids this the kids that you know and and then just just Ignoring people like Brand Snedeker and Jim Furyk and good players who I feel are almost disrespected in the the love fest for the the kids. But that said, we just saw uh, what college golf is producing in the Farmers Insurance Open, and it is very clear that the kids who are coming out of school right now are ready to play on the PGA Tour. I mean, John Rahm, uh, Patrick Rogers, who who led after fifty four and uh, Ollie Snyder Jans, who contended there all the way near to the end, are really three of the best college players of the last five years, and there they were uh, on, a, on a very tough golf course. Greens are soft, but still, big time, big, hard golf course, um, and I don't think those three are going to go away anytime soon.
0: So it's interesting. I don't think that recognizing this young generation uh, necessarily – Conveys along with it any disrespect to the old guard, uh, the guys that the you know the um, tournament was kind of producing that you thought might make a run, guys like Rose and Snedeker uh, yeah. and and maybe um, Charles Howell the third. You know the vets were all poised right there in the front nine to go ahead and try and seize control of the tournament, and instead it was Rom and Tony Finau. And CT Pan yeah. and Patrick Rogers, all guys, uh, you know, in a different demo than than the vets. And you know, we are now in this moment where there have been eleven stroke play, and I'll call it mostly full field events because the the Hawaii opener is only you know the winners. But of those eleven stroke play events, eight of the winners are under the age of thirty. Now. Uh, three of those wins came by way of um, Mr. Justin Thomas and uh, Hideki Matsuyama also had a win in there. So that's kind of half of the eight. But um, the the uh, interesting thing to me, there is um, a little, you know, I'm a little bit of an analytics nerd. You You know this from my right. my mediocre gambling strategies. <laughs> You've heard me right. drop some angles. Uh, I ran across I like this this Twitter feed um, Jake Nichols, uh, and and his he's at J A L N I C H O L S. Um, he doesn't know who the hell I am, but I'm plugging him because I like his Twitter feed. It's an all analytics, all golf analytics Twitter feed. He had in there oh, nice. a story um, by an entity called Data Golf, and the, the okay. title of that story is golf's Next Generation: As Good as We Say They Are." And these guys took a li- look at winners. Uh, top 5, top 25 under the age of 26 since 1983. and the um, analysis was pretty interesting. They came up with the conclusion that there are on a percentage basis more young guys on tour uh, now than in in years past, like the last eight years, so you know so if you're talking about a generation that's that kind of covers it. And that this current generation are winning more than uh, an, an an above average percentage of the tournaments. So it kind of validates what what we seem to okay. be experiencing, which is more young guys and young guys performing uh, well early. Now, last year about this time, we were talking about a silly media driven, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, uh, uh, idea that there was a big four uh, with with four. Mostly young, um, young guns, <laughs> yeah. and and we yeah. those guys, their own selves, told us that it was dumb to be talking that yeah. way and thinking that way. Um, and I think the course over the course of the season it was kind of proven out that it's kind of a silly narrative. But we have lots of young guns coming up and performing extraordinarily well, and I honestly expect uh, this coming um, Phoenix event. To, to also have a young gun winner and a bunch of young guns in the top ten.
1: Well, they tend to embrace what goes on there a little bit more. You <laughs> definitely hear the older guys not liking uh, what goes on there. A few do. I mean, a few few think it's fun, but but they some of them get a little get off my lawnish when you bring about uh, bring up the waste management. Um, well, let, let's talk a little bit about the, the finish and John Rom because he is the guy that everybody has. Been saying uh, when you talk to people about the college players, I—I I mean, first of all, I get—I just get fatigue on the obsession with the next new thing. Um, probably because I've just been watching it a, long enough in golf to uh, know that golf is just different than other sports. It's really hard to tell who's going to end up having a long career. That said, <laughs> John Rom seems like he's going to be around a long, long time. It, it, here's what blew me away, House. Uh, he is so. Humble, he is so poised. He has not been speaking English almost at all, except for the last four years, and now he's more articulate than (laughs) a lot of people uh, who've been speaking it their whole life. He is so bright, he is so confident without being obnoxious about it, and so respectful of his elders, his peers, and to go out and this was right after going out and just throwing out a little 30 on the south course a back nine with two eagles and then one of the just all time great last makes you'll ever see um, and so he's he's the real deal uh, everybody's been telling us this and, and you know all the, the players that were in contention you mentioned there also CT Pan who everybody who dealt with him at the University of Washington has been saying this kid is fearless look out and, and sure enough there he was already and and Ollie and Patrick Rogers, uh, have incredible records in college. So he, he, he dusted them in the, in the last, uh, few furlongs there. And, and it was just, uh, it was, it was really a stunning win. I think
0: Shaq, what was so impressive to me is he was sitting right there um, amidst, you know, eight or 10 guys going into the back nine, his back nine, where any one of those 8 or 10 guys, including the pedigreed guys, could have grabbed hold of the tournament, and he's the one with two eagles. And the birdie on 17, to me, was really Hmm. the thing that that was a distinguishing uh, factor. I mean, he he, uh, stuck it to, like, six feet, so he put himself in position. I loved very much. What I I always am looking for out of a, a young player is, is it a guy that goes and grabs the tournament? goes yeah. and w- and wins the mother effer. You know what I mean? Yeah. 65 at Tory on, a, on the south course on a Sunday. That's going out and grabbing that thing by the short hairs and, <laughs> and putting it to work. You know what I mean? Now, look, Rom has uh, a pedigree here. His first 50 rounds on tour have him among the very, very best in, in history, which is kind of a surprising thing to hear because he this is his first win. But, you know, he just turned pro last summer. Yeah. He had top fives uh, here in Washington, D.C., in the Quicken, and then yep. up in Canada. Uh, he already, as an amateur, had a top five in Phoenix, so it's not that surprising. The only thing that I really, really regret is I had John Rahm on my roster at the Career Builder last week, mm. but not on my roster this week. Uh, but I will have – I mean, uh, for, for Torrey, I didn't have him on. Yeah. I will have him on my roster this week.
1: Yeah, you should, given his love of, of Arizona. The One of the things he told us of the – there were a lot of great things. I'm going to link the post-round press conference on my blog because I think the entire thing is up at the tour website. But he mentioned that he pretended to be one back even though he knew he had had gained the lead. And he kept playing that way. And I asked the follow-up, I said, is that something you always do when you've been in contention? And he said, no, it was just kind of something he felt like he had to do yesterday. Uh, and that was fascinating. I mean, There were a bunch of things in the press conference. He he still uses meters. He converts everything to meters in his book, even though he's got a, a caddy who's who's in a, a longtime PJ Tour caddy who works definitely in yardages. I thought that was fascinating. And and then he he the, the way he taught himself to to learn English was listening to uh, to hip hop and. Uh, and and he said he's, he the english he spoke was too too much like the british version so i don't know if he used to say brilliant and proper uh too much or or what he did but so it's, he's just very um he's clearly got a very creative mind and i think that's why people have been so drawn to him and and his uh his talent and and the, the ceiling seems very high, so uh, I, I will, uh, I, I, on my website I will try to post that press conference because it was one of the more enjoyable ones I've ever uh, sat through just listening to him articulate everything that went on down the stretch, and uh, and really how, it was wacky how the golf course was not separating the field, and then to have somebody just, just explode like that it was just unusual, I thought we were headed for about a seven player playoff so, uh, which would have been interesting, but it, I, I feel it was a little more rewarding to have that kind of a a great uh, closing stretch by a player it's we don't get enough of that it really makes you excited about uh watching the tournament and 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 sitting through all of the the uh commercials and all the things that you go through on, on a telecast these days
0: i guess that's right especially here early in the season cbs has a certain way of producing these broadcasts that uh, on the one hand it's very pleasant you know when you're, you asked me earlier about the experience of watching the west coast and seeing the sun and the surf um, it is nice in some respects that it, it's a very sort of low pressure uh, experience watching it on the other hand right. it's easy to get a little impatient because you're not getting a whole lot of golf Yeah. So, and I know that's a repeating um, criticism that, that folks offer up and I know that um, come pebble beach time yeah, all of the the folks the twitter twitter will, the twitter knives will be out uh, with respect to the CBS broadcast but um as well, or,
1: or a change.org petition uh, as posted by our <laughs> <laughs> No laying up for more golf shots i right um, sure sure I'll, i i'm happy to sign on to that well
0: speaking of signing on uh, we had a, a performance by by the T Gray this week yeah. uh, and i want to ask you glass half full glass half empty what what was your take
1: uh somewhere right in the middle you know he i went out on the back night of the pro-am i i did not get out there the pro-am morning when he teed off at six forty. it was really really cold the first they showed his first birdie early in the round and everybody in the gallery had their hands in their pockets which was not a good look and it was it was in the high 40s and uh, he was swinging at about 30%. It was almost comical. But by the back nine, and that's when I followed him, he was playing normal golf. It was beautiful. And he didn't miss a shot, House. Did not miss a shot. The sound of the, the ball uh, coming off the club was crisp. And then Thursday, it was just pretty clear his body wasn't there. He he uh, the, the swing didn't look as good. He was hitting everything right. He couldn't adjust it. And uh, I assume that's just that's just a little bit of nerves and also I think he's just going to have days where when it's cold like that in the morning the body doesn't respond so that's kind of why I'm having trouble uh being too positive about that element of his of his game but then his attitude after both rounds was sort of uh well I would I would put it at still confident and not discouraged and that tells me that he kind of knew this week was going to be a uh just kind of get out there and and dust off the uh the rust and then you know and then he he had a group where everybody was kind of stinking it up Dustin Johnson was probably a little still hung over from the flight over from the Middle East and Jason Day just didn't get in the groove for whatever reason and uh geez Tiger only was two shot what was he only two shots worse I think than Jason uh number one player in the world so I think uh he didn't get hurt and um he uh, had a he had a good attitude so to me it's it's uh it's an it's a start it's not a setback that's for sure is that yeah the uh,
0: the thing that that i that struck me um, in tiger's own assessment of the round was his frustration uh, and obviously he has a lot of experiences with this at at how long the round took on thursday um you know though he's and and how that's part of the reps that he needs to reacclimate himself to uh, in terms of the you know experiencing competitive golf Some, sometimes it's gonna take five ra- five hours uh, to, to get around. The interesting thing about uh, Tiger he was really undone by one stretch of yeah. holes yeah. on Thursday. Um, yeah. otherwise you know he was he was pretty uh, close to what I think um, folks were, were modestly hoping for. He would have been but for the the um, streak he went on, so, you know, he's standing on the 12th tee Thursday on the south course at uh, one under par, which would have easily um, had him make the cut. And then he went bogey, 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 double bogey, par, bogey, birdie. And that was it. I mean, that was his week. Um, and that that coincides exactly with, like, where you would expect him to be... Uh, maybe frustrated by how long things were taking. And, you know, he couldn't, he didn't hit a single fairway in regulation on that back nine uh, on the south course. And, you know, again, this is all reps. I liked the piece that Jaime Diaz did um, about his kind of mindset and disposition and how everybody is observing um, that he's got a, a little more positive kind of outlook. Maybe he's not going to be as hard on himself. And, uh, you know, he's understanding and acknowledging publicly that this is a process that's going to take him time, and he needs the reps. So all uh, good. Glass half full is what I'm giving it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, and and uh, he'll have a quick turnaround starting Wednesday night. He's in Dubai, and uh, he has a long flight and always probably some sort of embarrassing pre-tournament um, publicity events. There'll be they 'll be uh, well I think HSBC is the one that usually makes them do the really humiliating pre-tournament things where they they put on uh, uh, an outfit and they play the drums or they uh, swirl some swords around it's I don't know if I don't know if the uh, Dubai desert classic he'll he'll have to do that but uh, well I,
0: yeah. I, I, I want to ask you be as honest as you can be how much is he getting to appear at this event?
1: Well, in his heyday, I mean, like the the ultimate prime of the Tiger Mania, it was three million, and I don't think it's that now. Uh, I would guess, I would guess it's at, at most half of that. Um, really? Yeah. Why? Is that low? High? What? I would have
0: guessed that it would have been the same amount of money he he could uh, command yeah. at the at the height, you know, because it's this is still. Um, at this point of the season, at this point of his comeback, it's still compelling at least to like a TV viewer like me, I'm going to be watching at those odd hours, you know, tracking that, that, that thing down on the golf channel to watch and 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 see, you know, how he looks and how he's responded to the long flight and, you know, all the kind of stuff because, you know, Obviously, the what I'm rooting for all season long is a healthy Tiger, a competitive Tiger. Yeah. So each one of these moments is a benchmark moment. Um, so I'll, I'll be watching, and I would expect I'm not alone in that respect. Um, so I, I don't... I, I, well, one re- caveat. One caveat.
1: Yeah. He, uh, once he played presentably down at the Hero, uh, then he was able to start planning the schedule. And this event and the uh, HSBC event in Abu Dhabi had already pretty much... Uh, f- filled out their field and their <clears throat> appearance fee portion of the field, <laughs> and so he was a little late to the the game. Uh, but I'm sure that uh, the people over there who have the resources found a few more dollars for him. So that's another reason I don't think it was close to what he used to get. But it's still a, a nice amount of money. That's
0: a fair point. That makes a lot of sense to me. Right? They already um, had their dollars out the door. Now with the, uh,
1: the Super Bowl this week, did you see yeah. these these prop bets where they're they're playing off uh, Tigers <laughs> um, uh, play in Dubai versus the game, and and there's a few other Justin Thomas and and Phil Mickelson and Hideki Matsuyama bets too. But uh, did, did, uh, these are posts that I saw on golf.com. And did you see those? I did see them.
0: Uh, obviously, I love them. Any opportunity to try and marry up, you know, the golf which I'll be watching anyway, naturally along with the Super Bowl. And an opportunity to allocate a little capital. I mean, I already have a whole bunch of stuff lined up for the Super Bowl. But mixing in the golf, I mean, that's just you know, you know, that 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 puts me right in my element. That's like uh, fried chicken and and uh, and, a, and a nice T-bone sitting next to one another. I mean, I I,
1: I eat it all. I love it all. So you love Woods's first round score minus twenty four point five versus gross yardage of Atlanta punter Matt Bosch's first punt. That's a lot of work. I guess too much math. I'm not doing that one. I'm okay. out on that one. Well, what was uh, the one you liked? Like fourth round birdies. Of course, fourth round he needs to make the cut versus total field goals made by both teams. Wow, that's – that's some people have a lot of time on their hands.
0: I actually would be worth – that one were, is worth a little investigation just to sort of see whether or not you can make the bet. So if he doesn't make the cut, um, then any field goal made by any team – would give you a win on that bet and it looks like it's an even money bet but I, I don't know whether or not he has to make the cut to to qualify the bet i mean that yeah. that was worth some investigation though
1: okay okay uh yeah they, they, these are all they all feel a little bit like a reach to me but i i hey we're not going to complain we want more prop bets there aren't enough of them and they're they're a lot more fun than just betting golfers uh, and we've had a few people request too that we Look a little bit more of these uh, the matchups, uh, which are are a lot of fun. We'll, we'll, we're we're going to preview the waste management here a little later on in the show, so maybe we'll we'll get into that a bit. I have I have a couple of locks locks oh, for the week. Locks so, locks yeah. from Jeff Shackelford. Yeah, I love yeah, it. I'm, I am full confidence in two players going into uh, Phoenix. Besides John Rahm. I'm not even going to waste anybody's time with that one. That's an obvious. He's he's really going to have another good week, I'm sure.
0: Are, are these I, these golf props? Do you is there? Are you going to do any of them?
1: Uh, from for dubai yeah i just read you a couple of these are there more that you, that i'm not aware of oh no no i'm sorry i
0: i was asking are you going to bet any of them
1: oh no no <laughs> no please House. all right come on i, I, I kind of yeah.
0: like this one of of phil's fourth round score in phoenix plus 44 and a half so you add up say spill shoots a 70 and then he and then he and then you add in 44 and a half as against the patriots total rushing yards. Mm. I like Phil. I like Phil in that one. I that that that's, 70 that's plus work. 40 70 plus 45 is 115 and so the patriots have to rush for less than 115. I
1: love that one. Okay. It's all yours, baby. You got it. <laughs> all right, house. How about a message from our sponsors? Friends, you listen to the Shack House and you
0: may think to yourselves, I love talking about golf as much as these guys do. Why don't I have a world-famous podcast on the Ringer Network? Well, you are not alone. Bring your love for Golf Talk online to the Callaway community where like-minded golf nuts are testing and reviewing products before they are in stores, getting custom-fitting advice, And, coming soon, an opportunity to mix it up with me and his eminence, Jeff Shackelford. This year, we will be doing giveaways, uh, answering questions, and other kinds of whatnot. CallawayGolf.com slash community. Head over and sign up. And we are also brought to you by Simply Safe. I think we can all agree, friends, that keeping our home safe is an extremely high priority, but it ought not come at the expense of signing your life away on some kind of confusing long-term contract. Thankfully, there's a much smarter way to protect your home. Simply Safe Home Security. These are the guys that I trust. With Simply Safe, there are no annual contracts and no middlemen. You get that superior protection for less than half Of what traditional companies charge. This is a system built by a Harvard educated engineer to make you safer. They provide professional monitoring with police dispatch so your home is safe around the clock. It's wireless and portable with a cellular connection built in so there are no lines that can be cut by potential intruders. And best of all, simply safe. 24-7 protection is just $15 a month. That's about a third of what most places charge. It's unbeatable protection, a great value, no contracts. So protect your home the smart way. Visit Safe, SimpliSafe, S-I-M-P-L-I S-A-F-E dot com slash ringer and get 10% off your system today. Go now. Simplysafe.com slash ringer.
1: Alright, so that was my first tour event of the year, and one of the things that really I'm seeing more and more, and I, and maybe it was the Feder Nadal element of the weekend where we had these two uh, longtime rivals playing, but a lot of people brought up the rivalry issue in golf. You know, we love to talk about the young players, but really we want rivalries, right? Is that is that not really the key to making a sport more interesting, or is it overrated? Because I have a point, but I want to know, first of all, just kind of your your general view on rivalries before we dive too deep.
0: So I I adore rivalries. I mean, I grew up with the Washington Deadskins and the Dallas Cowboys in my DNA. I also was a Washington Bullets fan my whole life, have been a Washington Bullets fan my whole life. And we had, it doesn't amount to a rivalry, but I know I always hated playing the Boston Celtics. Uh, And the um, Washington Capitals over the years have had nice Back and forth with the Penguins. There was a time in my life when I hated the Rangers. I've always hated the Flyers. So rivalries in sports are indeed important, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think in individual sports, obviously McEnroe, Borg, Martina, Chrissy, I think were— I don't know if they were as much rivalries uh, or or even Lakers-Celtics, something like that, where as much a rivalry issue as just contrasting styles and contrasting personalities— Um, I bring this up because what you see at the tour events right now, there's such a fraternal thing where I've learned now, I've I've been told multiple times about how somebody is not a good guy. He's a jerk. That guy's a jerk. We didn't like playing with him, this and that. And, And I come to find out from people around the person, he's actually a nice person. It's just that that person on the golf course is out there to win and out there to shoot the lowest score possible and is not out there to 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 be buddy buddy and it's a fascinating mentality with the spring break group and the class of 2011 and i discussed this with Ballyonis and jeff newbarth on the on the callaway uh, ship show pod this morning that you know patrick rogers is is really got a lot of confidence right now And, and is that gained from from this kind of group of buddies down in jupiter and i'm sure it is and i love the camaraderie I love that they root for each other and they're happy for each other, but I I'm starting to worry that it might be a little bit dangerous for the sport, not to have some, some villains and some people who, uh, uh, kind of get under the skin of other players, you know, uh, Lanny Watkins, Hale Irwin, Ray Floyd, those guys, uh, they annoyed the people they played with probably cause they were fiery and they were hungry and they were all about winning. And, Uh, my sense out there is that there's a little bit of a danger right now with the tour that uh, that this is kind of the direction we're going in and it's going to soften the guys now maybe we'll always have the europe pga tour thing to kind of have but even that has sort of changed that the europeans really are a lot of them are basically pga tour members Um, do you think that's something that that's important for golf for for attracting kind of the mainstream fan that there's there's an attraction to that sort of uh two different sides, two different ways of playing the game and all that good stuff? Uh
0: I don't. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't think it matters. I think um, you know, we have a couple of villains already out there. Now, there's always been with uh Bubba Watson, yeah, um, yeah, a Bubba. a big uh constituency That that paints him as a villain. The no laying up guys have been fantastic in that regard, uh, forever. Um, And you know, Patrick Reed over the years has acquired uh, a reputation. Um, Just I don't know whether it's among the other players, but it's 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 an observation that um, the media makes and that that fans make about his kind of disposition and his his steely resolve. Now we're still in a honeymoon period with Patrick because of what he did in the Ryder Cup. Yeah. And we love that uh, fire out of Patrick um, once every two years in the Ryder Cup. But at some point we'll forget uh, again that that he was such an ass kicker and pe- it'll start rubbing folks, uh, a, a, you know, the wrong way again. But I don't, you know, in terms of actual like animosity between players, the only thing I could really think about was um, Tiger and Sergio uh, that's the only thing of like recent vintage. Yeah. Where, Sergio where brings.
1: I wouldn't single out tiger. <laughs> there. Sergio brings that out. And, um, many people, um, John Rom will not, for instance, he's so respectful. So, uh, even tempered, you know, he, he just won't do it. Uh, but Sergio, he does bring that out in people. Well, let, let me throw out an example. Cause there's probably some people not understanding. And, and let me show you, let me give you an example of what I see and why it bothers me. We, we, We may have discussed this, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but very frequently now, when you and television will hide this, although every once in a while uh, Baker Finch or Costas will note it and they get annoyed, and I love it that they get annoyed by it and they call it out, but you will see two players misagree. Player A will chip up, he's away, and he will leave his ball down if it's in a place where it's behind the hole for player B, so that should player B chip up, and hit it too hard and have his ball going past the hole in a bad way, it will instead of player A marking the ball and having it in his pocket, will hit player A's ball and keep him closer to the hole. And this goes on a lot. And I I think it's dishonest. I think it's it's wrong. Um, And it's an example to me where there is this sort of one of these weird little unspoken rules that we kind of take care of each other. And I just don't think it's really within the spirit of the rules. I think you, you mark the ball the, and then the player hits their shot and whatever happens happens. Um, that's that makes pretty sense? interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. I guess to me as you describe it, it sounds more like sportsmanship to me. Um, and I, yeah, I can't and see.
1: that's how they view it today. That's how today's well, player views it. that thats sportsmanship, and I view it as unseemly. I, I don't know why, why would you want to help the guy in your group? Get his ball closer to the hole. You're playing against him. There's a lot of money at stake.
0: Well, I guess the the thing that I I kind of stands out to me. How often do do balls uh, make contact you, with one another on the on the you know when in, in the course of a not that a tournament often, round. But,
1: and so that's why uh, it hasn't. I don't think become a huge issue, but uh, it has happened, and I think it's more of the the spirit of the game situation that 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 this is the way the tour golf is played and there's kind of this wink wink uh you know when that happens to me you'll do the same kind of thing and then of course this then this gets us back to this rival rivalry tension issue there are players who who won't do this who will run up there and mark that ball and get it off off the green uh because they're not you know they're not interested in helping uh somebody shoot a couple shots less it might take money out of their pocket and you know and a team Man, it's obviously a different situation, but this is individual stroke play, and so I guess I I just feel it speaks to a little bit of a change in the way tour golf is played. Um, Again, I love I love a lot of the camaraderie; it makes it um, it, more attractive to me. But there are times where I wonder if it's going to ultimately deprive us of some of the great dramatic tension or some of the great caddy bickering that. That can be part of the fun of watching the sport.
0: Yeah, I guess on balance, I um, have been more. Uh, I find the the uh, support, especially um, what we observed with um, Jordan Spieth openly rooting for uh, Justin Thomas in Hawaii, and uh, who else? Dano Berger was also in that in that threesome. Like those guys rooting for Thomas, I find that. Um, Appealing. I, I understand exactly what you're saying in terms of rivalry and and kind of the natural appeal of of some tension between players. Um, but you know, there's only a handful of guys that are that seem to have the guts to sort of take on that that villain yeah. mantle. I mean, the, another yeah. guy, I'm a guy that I'm sure would go mark his ball and get it the f off the green is Rory Sabatini. So I'm oh, very yeah. glad that he's back um, in form. He he, I, he had a pretty yeah, good, yeah, a nice week, yeah, pretty good week this week. So. um but those are guys with, with kind of, you know, the, the internal makeup, the DNA to kind of wear that, that villain hat yeah. and, 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 and roll with it. And I don't, you know, I, I get like the gamesmanship and so forth that comes from, um, you know, a match play kind of thing. And I think right. that's more where we're likely to see it. But I don't even remember any lingering effects from the Austin tournament last year. I mean, no. were there any, any outstanding moments from that?
1: Uh, there might have been one driving range discussion that was a little bit uh, edgy, but that had something to do with other things off the golf course but yeah no there oh. were there were no great um there were no great moments that I can think of of gamesmanship, but they'll come up they always do in match play and it's uh a- a- and I think they'll come up more because of the the situation I'm describing because the because players are so unused to feeling that tension from their competitor. That it makes them so hypersensitive to the slightest thing in match play, you know, a putt not given, um, or 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 a uh, just what whatever a guy thinking that somebody's dangling coins in their pocket, or or uh, any of the other fun things that you see in um, really sleazy gamesmanship. And so I think we'll see it more in the match play. I just can't think of any last year, but it, it is something that makes the player almost softer, so that when those moments do come up, or in the moments come up in the Ryder Cup they don't react as well to them necessarily. But it's, you know, we've always had them in the Ryder Cup, and there's some legendary spatting that's gone on. Um, but let's get to the waste management open here. But before we do that, I just want to close out our uh, our reads here and our, our friends at Odyssey Golf, courtesy of Callaway, of course, the number one putter in golf, who are uh, generous sponsors of the show, because uh, we all know how, when it comes to putting the best players in the world generate top spin at impact. Uh, and that is a huge differentiator between the pros and amateur golfers on the greens, especially if you have greens like we had last week at Tory Pines, where, uh, where, where spin is so vital on those polar greens that are about 13 and have a few little bumps here and there. So uh, guess what? Odyssey is here to help us compensate for that lack of forward roll with the new O'Works putters from Odyssey featuring the micro hinge insert that dynamically generates immediate top spin at impact regardless of how terrible your putting stroke is. It was played initially by Phil Mickelson during the Ryder Cup, but this new insert's already hot on the tour, and it was a big buzz at the the PGA show last week uh, as people finally got to do what I got to do even a few weeks ago, which was actually hit the putter and feel that unbelievable uh, softness of the ball coming off the face. So uh, the the new O-Works micro-hinge insert from Odyssey will be in stores February 17th, so go to odysseygolf.com to check out how this new way to roll works. So... Waste Management Open. We have your defending champion Hideki Matsuyama, who beat Ricky Fowler in a playoff last year. Ricky brought Ricky to tears. I don't know if you remember that house. That was I do. His, his grandparents moment. were there. I love yeah. that tournament. That was a great, great tournament. I don't know how many people saw it because it, you know, it started to bleed into the the Super Bowl uh, pregame st- stuff. But uh, good field this year. Eleven of the top twenty-five. Uh, Jordan Spieth is playing there, I believe, for the first time. Of course, it's uh, the huge return. Uh, to they they're now calling it the Coliseum Cauldron. I, oh, I haven't God. seen. Uh, yeah, that's getting a little silly. Yeah, we're getting we're getting we're working the gladiator references uh, <laughs> a little hard. I'm afraid. Um, of course, Phil is there for his 28th start at TPC Scottsdale. He's always huge down there. He's won it three times. Uh, so I think a lot of good ingredients. I have one little bit of breaking. Uh, well, not breaking, but news house that something to keep in mind when you're watching the golf tournament. All right. From the telecast point of view. And then we'll get to the players and some picks. But uh, there is a very interesting little uh, give and take going on behind the scenes. Well, there's not a whole lot of give and take. It's mostly uh, uh, it's mostly a, uh, kind of a change in the economics of doing golf on television. There was a blimp at Torrey Pines. There was a blimp at... Um, Uh, Or there was a plane in Hawaii. There will be a, a plane flying over Pebble Beach. There will be no blimp coverage this week in Phoenix for the first time in as long as I can remember. Goodyear is really not as keen as they used to be in sending the blimp all over the country for golf tournaments. MetLife is out of the blimp business. And now, I know this doesn't sound like a big deal, but one of the cool things from this tournament is seeing those crowds from above. And you see all the promos, all the blimp shots, and then also seeing the the ball in the air when guys are trying to drive the seventeenth you know the things that those camera shots that the blimp brings us we won't see it this year and and there is a very real possibility that after the West coast swing, there won't be any blimp coverage in golf the rest of the year because of this situation and uh, so it's something it's a story I'm working on, but uh, this is the first week where it'll be very noticeable and uh I hope it doesn't impact the way the telecast comes comes through because this is always one of the great events on tv
0: uh this is breaking news to me uh (laughs) and i have to tell you (laughs) i'm 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 really disappointed um Mainly be- for the point you just described, which is, you know, there's 200,000 people that come through here. This tournament loves to tout the the huge crowds. But you know what? They yeah. There's actual documented proof of huge crowds. I mean, not to yeah. make any reference to oh, huge gosh. crowds alleged that may not be provable. This yeah. is a provable huge crowd. <laughs> and here's my question to you, Jeff Shackelford. The technology exists to replace the blimp um where are the drones okay live
1: drones are tough um i i i've interviewed a few people live drones just don't really work very well the blimp is allowed to get up high be quiet and have a a really good camera that can get those shots not not just the wide shot but the shot of of the 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 ball up in the air and following that ball as it goes into the green which i think is one of the coolest replay shots there is you know it it uh it brings the architecture into perspective. You get to see the way the ball kind of hit the ground and how it worked off a feature. It it just it just brings a, a different kind of drama to, to the whole proceedings, and, and, and I hope they're able to figure this out. But, yeah, so the drones are great for pre-production, but for live, um, it's hard to beat. And then the airplane they're going to be using up at Pebble and that the, the Golf Channel's used a few times. I love those aerial shots where they're moving quickly around the course. It brings an urgency, but the problem is they can't then go and shoot – the ball in the air, um, and, and actually kind of give you a sense of a, a great replay on a shot. So, um, and by the way, house on the attendance last year, I just looked it up. They, they, uh, they always announce a record every year. It goes up. Uh, you can always cut these numbers in half and they're still impressive, but last year <laughs> they, they announced 618,000 for the week. Uh, and they noted that easily surpassed the Cardinals 2016 home attendance of 500 That's rude. 18, Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, that'd be a more enjoyable thing to bet on every day, the the uh, attendance number, because every year it goes up no matter what. They count, like, seven people per car in the parking lot. and uh, <laughs> But they get a lot of people. It's a beautifully run event. If you ever chan- have a chance to go, Waste Management uh, has – has the Thunderbirds are great. They do a phenomenal job. And then Waste Management is one of the better uh, sponsors I've seen integrating kind of their message and their actual – what they do for recycling and for trash and, um, how to deal with all that. It's, uh, they do a beautiful job kind of, of bringing their sponsorship in, in and to the tournament in a way that's kind of cool. So, um, and that's just a fun event. People are having a great time. They have great, uh, concerts every night. And it's, uh, it's not for everybody, you know, the noise uh, on the 16th and all that stuff, but it's, I, I always enjoy, it. I think it's such a great contrast and uh, one week out of the year, it doesn't hurt anybody. So, who, House? Have you looked uh, at any of the numbers and and uh, picked out anybody you like this week? I, I
0: have. That the problem that I have with this week is there are about six guys that I like, and it's oh. a combination of guys that have have performed well on on this joint uh, historically um, and some recent form guys. I mean, it's going to be really hard to leave off guys like. Uh, Tony Finau and Ali Schneiderjans and Adam Hadwin, Um, but you know Hideki uh, hasn't Hideki Matsuyama uh, has a pretty good track record here. Yeah, Yeah. Phil has an incredible track record here. I love um, what I've seen out of Jordan Spieth so far this season. But how the hell do you leave off Justin Thomas? So and and oh by the way, there's another guy, another two guys, big bombers. That have bashed the ball all over this joint and and had a lot of success jb holmes and bubba watson
1: yeah. both
0: uh, uh, so yeah, i just bubba. said 10 guys i mean I, I don't know how to whittle it down I, i'm gonna think about can, it during can, the course can, of the week uh,
1: i can whittle bubba off your list i'm i'm, I'm very unhappy about uh, bubba i thought the Ryder cup was going to be his wake-up call and and i thought he was going to have a new dedication and uh, it's not happening. He, you don't. <laughs> I haven't he, seen it yet. Maybe this will has, be the week. But
0: he has colored balls and high tops. You don't. That's yeah. not. That's not a combo the, that's working the, for you. I
1: just don't see him going in the direction that's uh, that's possible to really take his game to the level that it should be at. So let me give you my two picks. You mentioned Adam had one. He was T seventeen last year. He is playing great, and he is, I think, somebody who lives there. He's in in, in his own bed. And he got off to a nice start last week and then faded a little. So maybe the the fatigue from the 59 and all the hype that went around that kind of caught up to him. And so I think he'll be well rested and and ready to go and be very happy to be back on those desert greens and the overseeded rye and all that good stuff. Uh, The other guy you did not I was waiting for you to mention. I thought for sure you would. And I would absolutely put him uh, on your roster this week. Uh, is harris english he finished third there last year he was right there at the farmers until he double bogeyed 17 he is playing with a lot of confidence he loves that golf course and i uh he was at about 40 to 1 and i think he's just a an absolute must to have on any lineup or if you're playing any matchups harris english is the guy
0: Oh, I like this. Harris English is about to get a little look at, especially 40 to 1. Now you're talking my kind of numbers. That's where I like to allocate (laughs) some capital. I'm also going to take a look. I'm sure the odds suck now, but John Rahm, uh, you know, it's tough to not mention him after what he just did at Torrey, what we know about how familiar is with this track and, was, and speaking of of the comfort that hadwin feels i bet john rom feels pretty comfortable okay. here too no
1: he was about 25 to one the last time i looked so uh yeah jordan oh, Spieth right was a ridiculous. Edge. he was a ridiculous eight to one uh i thought that was no just, way yeah
0: no. absolutely not nfw um,
1: all right cool well I, I think that uh i think it should be a good week uh this is where the tour yeah maybe i kind of you know Catch a little, pick up a little steam here. There's going to be a little Super Bowl hype that gets in the way. Yeah. But, um. Nice field, nice event. It should be a lot of fun.
0: Maybe you and I can do a little bit of uh, as okay. the week develops and, and we're able to hone in a little bit. Let's get on the Twitter and give out a couple well, uh, couple ways we might allocate. I'll, okay. I'll just speak for myself. I'll probably allocate a little capital. Yeah, I mean, we we'll on the afraid. Callaway
1: community too, right, House? We could definitely do
0: that. That'd be a nice place to go ahead and, and put up some of our, our, our continuing thoughts on the matter.
1: All right, cool. Well, it's been, uh, it's been fun talking to you. It should be a good week, good Super Bowl, hopefully, right, House? You like uh, you and Bill going to do a pre-Super Bowl show?
0: I'm on the record as taking the Falcons and the over, but I, I, when, when it comes Sunday morning, I'm not sure how, where my, my capital is going to go. But all the same, let's this weekend in that Callaway community – We'll let folks get in there and check out the check
1: house
0: and get some of our thoughts, Jeff.
1: All right. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. This episode
0: is brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.